Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Prepare for glory. Everyone knows you got your popcorn ready. You got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle the before you Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday, December. Third, and we will be wrapping up week 13 tonight with uh, what hopefully will be a good game between the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles. And more than likely, it will end or help you get into the playoffs, or maybe you already know what you are, um, what your fate is for the playoffs. But tonight will be the last game of week 13 and the last game of the regular season for most, I would say probably 95-ish percent. Uh, of people's uh, leagues where we will end our seasons in week 13 and get ready for the playoffs starting this Thursday. I am excited about that. I am um, in um, in 17 leagues. I will be making the playoffs in 12 of them. Uh, only the top two seeds, though, in three of them, which is a little disappointing. Uh, obviously, for everybody who, who plays or if you're finishing with one of those seeds, you understand how much... Uh, just relaxing it is a stress knowing you don't really have to worry that much this week uh, and you're already on and into the semifinals having that buy is just fantastic because uh, anything can happen any week I don't know how many times I've gone into the playoffs as a sixth seed and then ended up winning the league altogether because your team just gets hot uh, and it can happen to anybody so getting that free win uh, really helps out uh, and so hopefully everybody um, is either close to that or you've got a couple teams that are right there in that first or second seed getting that by because, again, it is awesome. So for today's podcast, I'm uh, going to go over a little bit of news here. Um, not not a whole lot going on. I want to talk some of the college prospects and obviously a, a head coach um, being fired here yesterday. Uh, and then after that, we will jump in and break down. Seven of the games from yesterday's uh, slate, almost all of the early games. Uh, well, you know, we'll see. Maybe we'll do eight, uh, but probably just going to do seven today, and then we'll break down the other games, the rest of the Sunday slate and the Monday night game tomorrow. And then, of course, before we close out the podcast, I will give you guys a preview again of tonight's Monday night game between the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. I have some news. So a bunch of top college prospects have already declared for the draft, and I cannot wait to get more into that here in the coming weeks. Probably won't be until after the Super Bowl, uh, but just to start talking prospects, I I love doing it. Um, It's kind of where, at least in my opinion, my best writing has come from. I've just really enjoyed doing it over the past couple of years. Um, <clears throat> have really kind of gone in on uh, DynastyGuru.com and QBList.com talking about all my guys. Again, you guys can look up on QBList.com, go to NFL Draft Prospects or just NFL Prospects, and you'll find my top 10s uh, for the running back, wide receiver, and then my top five quarterbacks. I uh, haven't had a chance to do tight ends yet, unfortunately. Not, very, not a really deep class. Um, but to get into some of the guys who have declared, obviously Rodney Anderson has uh, declared... 
feels like a month ago at least by now, the running back from Oklahoma who tore his ACL earlier in the year. He is my favorite running back at the moment for the class. I think he's going to be a stud, uh, and people are kind of forgetting about him and the fact that he didn't play this year due to the injury. Uh, we also had two stud wide receivers so far declare uh, in DK Metcalf, another guy who uh, suffered some injuries this year and has kind of been sitting out, and then Kelvin Harmon as well from NC State. And, of course, Noah Font as well, uh, the tight end, the best tight end in this class by far out of Iowa, who's just been producing tight ends like the U used to, uh, and really they still kind of have. Um, but he has declared as well going to be a really good class. I think this RB class is being underrated just a little bit. If all the players that I think are going to come out come out, I think this RB class is actually going to be very good. Uh, but the wide receiver class is by far going to take the cake here. Uh, it looks like it is going to be loaded with high-end prospects compared to last year. Uh, where I still think, really, there was only two guys that I think could be wide receiver ones, and that's DJ Moore and Antonio Callaway. Everybody else, I think, is kind of on that WR2 fringe, maybe even wide receiver threes, uh, where this class, I think, has multiple prospects, at least 10 uh, who could end up being wide receiver ones So for fantasy. Uh, so definitely going to be a fun class to talk about here in the coming months. Obviously, the other big news that came down yesterday was the uh, Green Bay Packers firing head coach Mike McCarthy. So, spoiler alert: probably not going to get uh, breaking into the, the breaking down that game today. But the Packers did lose to Arizona, um, and after the game, they decided to fire Mike McCarthy. Uh, a lot of people saw this coming. Uh, a lot of people said that it was probably going to happen at the end of the year. The relationship between him and Rodgers has just seemed strained over the past few months. Um, uh, you know, I, I really don't have any thoughts on it. Um, I think Mike McCarthy is a good coach. I do kind of feel like he should have been given the year. Uh, he did bring him a Super Bowl. He's been in the playoffs nine out of, or I think it's actually 11 out of 13 years, something like that. I mean, he's been legitimately a good coach. Uh, only two losing seasons. One was the year that Brett Favre left him and Aaron Rodgers was a rookie. And then last year when Aaron Rodgers was hurt pretty much all year long. But I do understand the Packers side of it as well. Uh, unfortunately, with the release of Mike McCarthy, they now can start searching for their head coach, um, which is in a way a, a good thing because they don't have to do it behind his back. I know a lot of people in the NFL community don't appreciate when teams are going and looking for head coaches and everything while they uh, still employ one. So now that he is no longer there, they can continue their head coaching search without having to kind of feel like they're stabbing Mike McCarthy in the back. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I do think they're going to bring in some young, high, uh, up-and-coming uh, offensive coordinator to help out Aaron Rodgers. Has been a lot of talk about Mike McCarthy possibly coming to the Cleveland Browns. I really hope that doesn't happen. Uh, as much respect as I have for him as a head coach, I don't think that he is quite the kind of uh, coach I'd want in there to kind of run the show uh, and be the guy who's calling plays for Baker Mayfield. But, you know, John Dorsey, he's done a pretty good job so far as the GM, so I, I'm not going to doubt him. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to be a good fit there. Uh, he's an old-school football guy, and in all honesty, so is John Dorsey. So we will see what happens. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. All right, let's jump into these game recaps. For the first game on my list, I have the Chicago Bears uh, losing to the New York Giants 27-30. For the Bears, Chase Daniels, as we talked about Friday, uh, did not think was going to have a good game here. Uh, I didn't think he was usable, and he did kind of uh, fall a little bit on his face in this one. Getting you just 13 points in fantasy, 285 yards in the air with one touchdown and one interception. The very interesting thing is uh, he finished ahead of quite a lot of big-name quarterbacks because that's just really how bad the uh, position was this week. For the running backs, uh, so Jordan Howard proved me wrong uh, somewhat. Uh, I did not think he was going to have a good game here. I did say that I felt uh, he kind of needs to show it to you again before you put him in your starting lineup. If you did, uh, he got you some decent numbers here. Eight points in fantasy. It's nothing to sneeze at. 76 yards on 16 carries. Uh, but the guy who stole the show was yet again Tariq Cohen getting you 28 points in fantasy. 30 yards on 8 carries. Uh, and then he added 
adds a whopping 156 yards on 12 receptions and a passing touchdown, uh, one that he threw to Anthony Miller. Uh, so again, 28 points in fantasy. He is the one guy I would trust here, as we talked about on Friday's podcast. Uh, he's definitely been a stud most of this season. I think that's going to continue easily for him. Uh, for the wide receivers, so Allen Robinson's the only one who hits a double digits, just 10 points in fantasy, um, 79 yards on five catches. We talked, again, talked about it on the podcast Friday. Uh, likely was going to put up some points uh, because he is their wide receiver one. Likely you couldn't sit him. You know, not not a bad day, 10 points. Obviously, you would hope for something better, but I would take 10 points out of, out of a guy you uh, expect to probably be more of a flex starter at this point or a wide receiver two. Uh, and then for the tight ends, uh, my biggest mess up here was Trey Burton. I really thought he would have a good game here. Uh, really thought Chase Daniels would have to check down to him more often than not. Uh, I thought that he'd have some good matchups here against the linebackers or the safety play. Uh, and it just didn't happen for him. He got zero points. I mean, literally got you a big fat goose egg. Uh, I don't know what happened here. I do think part of it might be the return of Adam Shaheen. Um, and I'm going to take the L on that one. I really did not think Adam Shaheen was going to go out there and play as much as he did. He does get the touchdown catch, getting you seven points in fantasy, just five yards on the two catches with the touchdown. I do think that Adam Shaheen could cut into Burton's value here a lot going forward uh, as everybody kind of thought that Adam Shaheen was by far the better offensive weapon uh, coming out of college, uh, and, and he showed it in this one. Again, it's going to be really interesting to see how much more um, he is used compared um, compared to Burton here going forward. It was just one game, so I want to give it another one, but I don't think you can. I almost want to say you can't trust him now going into the playoffs. For the Giants, Eli Manning, uh, we talked about, I just talked about a minute ago how a lot of quarterbacks just did not come through for fantasy this week, and Eli was one of them. 170 yards in the air with one touchdown, one interception, gets you 9.8 points in fantasy. Um, just a bad day all around for him. And, uh, well, Saquon Barkley does it yet again. Uh, good for him. I, I honestly didn't think he'd put up as many points as he did. Get you 16 points in fantasy, 125 yards on the ground, 24 carries. He adds 21 yards on three receptions, and that is the most surprising thing to me. I really thought that uh, he would get, say, the 125 yards in the receiving game. This Bears defense has been absolutely awesome against the run all year. They've been studs. Ranked second in the NFL right now against the run, and Saquon was able to put up 125 yards. It's just ridiculous, and it speaks to his talent as a player. He is by far one of the best running backs in the league. Speaking about best players in the league, we also have Odell Beckham Jr., who is by far one of the best quarterbacks in the league, or at least Better than Eli at times, as he has now thrown two 40-yard touchdown passes this year, and Eli has yet to throw one. Odell gets a touchdown pass to Russell Shepard in this game, getting 17 points altogether, 35 yards on three catches, the receiving touchdown and passing touchdown. Um, you know, by far another great game from him, as we talked about Friday. He's just someone you have to start because he gives you these games right here, even though he was going up against a very good defense. Russell Shepard comes through for you in fantasy, though very doubtful you were playing him with 12 points. Again, uh, gets a touchdown pass from Odell, 59 yards and a touchdown. And as for tight ends, uh, Rhett Ellison's the only one who really does anything, just 6.2 points. Uh, nothing to be too excited about. Evan Ingram out yet again in this one. Uh, you know, I don't even know what to say. Ellison, he does get the 42 yards on four catches, so he's being used some in the offense. Uh, but I just, I personally cannot trust him. Next up, we had um, probably one of the bigger surprises of the day in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Carolina Panthers 24-17. to for the Panthers, Cam Newton, although he had a decent day for fantasy, getting you uh, 19 points in this contest here, uh, which I thought he'd get a whole lot more. Uh, the box score numbers are not great. 300 yards in the air with two touchdowns and four interceptions, and he adds 33 yards on the ground. 
Better days are likely coming for Cam, though it is a little bit frustrating to see him struggle against such a poor pass defense, really such a poor run defense as well. Uh, definitely in the week of need, I'm sure, for some people who needed him to have big games to help win and push them into the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey does it yet again. 106 yards on 10 carries, adds 55 yards on 9 catches and a touchdown. Has himself yet again another huge day for fantasy. Uh, a guy who's picked in the second round almost all offseason long just has been coming through the past couple weeks. 26.6 points in fantasy. He is very quickly becoming one of my favorite players and uh, just... I mean, he already is an all-out stud, but quickly becoming one of my favorite players and, and up rising, raising his stock quite a bit, uh, probably jumping into, the, I think he's got to be in the discussion now for one of the top five running backs in next year's draft. For the wide receivers here, um, so Devin Funches scores, um, just gets you seven points in fantasy, nothing too great here, 10 yards. One catch, one touchdown. Curtis Samuel comes through with the biggest day here with 12 points. Uh, does get you the 88 yards on six catches. Looked good. Uh, a big proponent of Curtis Samuel, and not just because he's a Buckeye, mostly because he is damn good at football. DJ Moore, eight points in fantasy here. Just 44 yards on four catches. Would have loved to see a little bit more out of him. Does get 21 rushing yards as well. Uh, you know, he'll get those every once in a while. That's something you can count on every single week. For the tight end, so we saw Ian Thomas come in here late and get a little bit of work. 46 yards on five catches because Greg Olson uh, re-injured his foot, the one that he's been having issues with, and is now out for the rest of the season. I do think that there's a a very good chance that he is done actually for his career. Uh, he does technically have one more year left signed on his contract, but I would not be surprised. Uh, if we see him in a broadcast booth come next year, he's very good at that. Uh, I've seen him on a couple pregame shows and stuff on his bye weeks, uh, and the dude knows what he's talking about, knows football. I think he's going to be do very good on that side of the ball in the TV game, uh, and I can honestly see that happening sooner rather than later. For the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston gets you 22 points in fantasy, uh, 249 in the air with two touchdowns, adds 48 on the ground, uh, continues to play like this. He will keep Brian Fitzpatrick on the bench and likely uh, secure, uh, I guess, technically his franchise spot with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as there has been a lot of questions about that so far this year. For the running backs, Peyton Barber does it again, just continues to be a very good WRW my goodness, guys, I cannot speak today. An RB2, uh, 9.5 points in fantasy, 45 yards on the, the ground, and a touchdown here. Again, just 9 points in fantasy, but that, that's an RB2 right there, uh, and that's exactly what he is. Nobody's expected him to be a top 12 running back. Uh, continues to produce, continues to hold their uh, second-round pick, Ronald Jones, on the bench, which is good news as well. For the wide receivers, Chris Godwin has a good day here. 18 points in fantasy, 101 yards on five catches and a touchdown. And, of course, Adam Humphreys does it yet again. 61 yards on seven catches with a touchdown as well. Getting you 15 points in fantasy. And Mike Evans coming up short big time here in a big week. 48 yards and four catches for just six point eight points in fantasy not what you expected out of what uh, most people think is a tie, uh, wide receiver one uh, most of you probably know I am not a fan of Mike Evans so it's not surprising to me and I'm kind of glad it happened because I hate Mike Evans I'm just kidding I don't hate anybody but uh, uh, definitely not a, not surprising he has a lot of these games before he goes off and a lot of I'm sure fantasy owners are hoping right now that they'll take this one bad game if it means he's going to go on a nice three game run here for the playoffs uh, and then Cameron Brake continues to struggle with OJ Howard out just five 5.1 points in fantasy, 36 yards on three catches, did drop a touchdown, which ended up allowing Adam Humphreys to score the play later, so would have changed his fortunes just a little bit had he been able to pull that in. The next game up we have, unfortunately, the Cleveland Browns losing to the Houston Texans 13-29. 
an extremely disappointing game for Cleveland here uh, and Cleveland Browns fans, obviously. Uh, needing them to win out to make the playoffs, probably a little bit of a pipe dream, but my God, I was believing in it. I really uh, was really hoping that Baker Mayfield would be able to lead them to the playoffs in his first year at the helm here. Uh, does have a decent fantasy day. Obviously would have been a, a lot better had the refs not fucked him on, on one play and then Antonio Callaway fucking him on the other here. 397 in the air, one touchdown, three interceptions, 16.9 points in fantasy. Again, uh, had a long touchdown to Antonio Callaway where they called holding. Uh, I personally did not think the hold call was uh, that bad bad. I mean, you could literally call holding on every play. He let go of the defender before he turned uh, and got close to Baker. I thought it shouldn't have been called. And then, of course, a couple plays later, he hits Antonio Callaway on almost the exact same play. Callaway breaks a tackle. Uh, looks like it's going to be another 60-plus yard touchdown run. Uh, he gets tackled from behind and fumbles it at the goal line, uh, which really kind of would have uh, propped Baker up to at least plus 20 points, but still, all in all, a good day. Uh, for fantasy, Nick Chubb does it yet again. 14 points in fantasy. Just the 31 yards uh, on the ground. Does get the touchdown, but adds 41 yards and three catches. Again, he has really come on and, and become their every down back. Uh, Duke Johnson was obviously getting a lot of the receiving work. I, and I'm not going to lie, I'm a little surprised that he's not getting more work. Duke is a phenomenal athlete. I mean, he, he leads... All rushing or all rushers and rushing yards at the U, who has had a lot of very good running backs there, and yet it's him, Duke Johnson, who has the most rushing yards there. He's a phenomenal athlete. The fact that they don't get him more involved uh, is just crazy to me. Uh, but I mean, maybe it's just due to the fact that Nick Chubb is a superior talent. For the wide receivers, Jarvis Landry finally comes through, and of course, it's on the week I finally tell people to sit him. He gets you 13 points in fantasies. He gets you 103 yards on six catches. Uh, so just for you guys, I'm going to tell you guys to sit him every week so that hopefully he comes through for you because uh, I've been trying to to ride that to ride that horse for all season long saying that he needs to be played, and lately he has not been living up to uh, – Living up to the wide receiver two, I think high-end wide receiver two we all hoped and know that he can be, uh, but he definitely showed out in this one. Rashard Higgins leads the group, though, uh, in fantasy points with 14 points, getting the touchdown catch and 62 yards, four catches. Uh, and then, of course, Antonio Callaway, three catches and 84 yards, getting you eight points in fantasy. Again, had two chances to score. Uh, one of them called back by the refs, the other his fumble. Uh, just kind of ruined his day and Baker Mayfield's. At tight end, David Njoku just fails to come through yet again, which is crazy to me. Just 2.3 points in fantasy. Gets you just 8 yards when Baker throws for 397. It is ridiculous, but everybody else here kind of coming through and being part of the team, uh, and he just, for whatever reason, kind of got pushed to the side here. Uh, better days to come for Njoku, though. He is still a tight end one in my, at least in my eyes, my opinion. I still think he is a, a worthy tight end one, uh, but he's going to give you these bad games here. For Houston, Deshaun Watson struggles a little bit in this one. Uh, as, we as I talked about on Friday's podcast, I didn't think he was going to have a huge day here. Just 16 points in fantasy, 224 through the air with one touchdown. Does have 30 yards on the ground, though. Um, again, he just He's awesome, uh, but uh, there's a way the Browns defense have been playing as of late, um, and especially him, at least in my opinion, only really having Hopkins on the offensive side. I know Lamar Miller has been much better as of late, uh, but I still don't consider him an elite running back. He's more of a running back, too, for fantasy at least, uh, and I don't think he he's probably in the middle of the pack NFL-wise. Uh, so for Deshaun Watson still to carry the team the way that he has, it has been very impressive, uh, and he's... I mean, he's won nine straight now at this point, so he he's getting it done. Very obviously, um, and worthy of playing every single week in fantasy, and definitely one of the most fun watches in the NFL. Uh, or, or infuriating if you're a fan of the other team, like I was this past weekend. Uh, Lamar Miller does it again this week. 19 carries for 103 yards. Get you 12 points in fantasy. Uh, you know, doesn't get the touchdown this week, but still I feel like that uh, is a very decent day for him. 
when it comes to fantasy because I, I personally don't expect that out of him every week. And he's been putting him up the past couple weeks. He's actually having a very good year so far this year, which is a, a little bit surprising to me. Uh, for the wide receivers, so DeAndre Hopkins had himself a nice day again. It's uh, two weeks now in a row that he hasn't scored, but still gets you 12 points in fantasy, seven catches, uh, and 91 yards. Uh, the only player who really comes through early scores a touchdown is Jordan Thomas, the tight end. Uh, you know, I. I wouldn't necessarily trust him, although he has put up a couple touchdowns now at this point, getting you 10 points in fantasy, the 32 yards and the touchdown. Uh, but that's really it for for the wide receivers. Again, it was a, a very uh, close, contested game for most of it, even with Baker throwing the picks. Uh, they were The defense was able to hold Houston to a lot of field goals in this one. Uh, Kaimi Fairbane, I believe is how you say it, had a fucking ridiculous game for fantasy. I believe he put up 20-plus points in fantasy. So if you were playing him against him, you're probably pretty pissed off today or if you had him on your team you're pretty happy because uh your kicker putting up 20 points is uh something else Next up, we've got the Baltimore Ravens and the Atlanta Falcons. Baltimore winning 26-16. For Baltimore side, obviously Joe, um, not Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson uh, back at it again, the starter. 18 points in fantasy. I said he was going to be good for 20. Comes pretty damn close. Uh, just 125 yards in the air, but again, 75 yards on the ground and a touchdown. What he does with his legs makes him fantasy worthy every time he steps on the field. If you've got him on your team, I think he is an instant starter unless you've got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and that's it, really. I think Patrick Mahomes is really the only guy I would start over Lamar Jackson at this point. For running backs, Gus the Bus. Edward, oh, if I didn't save 18 points in fantasy. I'm pretty sure I said that for Lamar Jackson, but in case I missed it, 18 points. Gus the Bus Edwards, 8 points in fantasy. Uh, just 82 yards in this one on 21 carries. Uh, did get a little banged up in this one. We saw Kenneth Dixon come in. He had been activated off the uh, IR uh, with Alex Collins going on there earlier this weekend. I can't remember exactly when that happened, but if you guys missed that, I believe it was either Saturday maybe or Sunday. It was definitely not Sunday, so Saturday probably. Uh, he uh, was placed on IR due to a foot issue. Uh, he will be out for the remainder of the year. We'll see what happens with him going forward, uh, but it is Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon, Ty Montgomery time here in Baltimore. Ty Montgomery also gets you eight points in fantasy, 42 yards on five catches uh, and then adds 13 yards in the rushing game as for the wide receivers here they continue to be brutal with Lamar Jackson, unfortunately. Michael Crabtree leads the way with five fantasy points, 36 yards on three catches. Uh, and again, as long as Lamar Jackson's at quarterback, I just don't think you can trust any of these guys. Uh, Mark Andrews uh, comes through for you at tight end, though, with six points, getting you 47 yards on three catches. Uh, again, I've talked about him before. Uh, I love Mark Andrews. I think he is by far one of the best tight end, offensive tight ends in the game. Loved when Baltimore picked him up. Uh, in the draft uh, this past year. For the Falcons, another quarterback that was just disappointing this week, Matt Ryan, just 9.6 points in fantasy. Uh, you know, he is a, on a long list of guys this week who uh, underperformed 131 yards and one touchdown. Uh, this whole Atlanta team just did not look good. They got blown up by this defense for Baltimore. Uh, I mean, just look at this right here. For fantasy, just, just fantasy-wise here, Ito Smith, 2.7 points. Tevin Coleman, 0. .06. Ito Smith, 22 yards on seven carries, adds zero yards on one catch, and then Tevin Coleman, eight yards on six rushes, three yards on one catch. Again, this team just got beaten up. They look like shit the entire game. Uh, you know, Atlanta's going to have to go back to the drawing board as they're already eliminated, at least for the most part, eliminated out of the playoffs after looking so good two years ago uh, and losing in the Super Bowl. Mohamed um, Sanu has the best day for wide receivers at 5.2 points. Fantasy, uh, 37 yards on three catches. Calvin Ridley, 3.7 points, 22 yards on three catches. 
Julio Jones, just 2.8 points, 18 yards on two catches. Um, and then Austin Hoopa, uh, he scores for you. So if you played him at tight end, obviously he has a nice day for you with 12 points, uh, 44 yards on five catches and the one touchdown. Next up, we have a game that uh, I personally did not think was going to be that much, do that much for fantasy here, um, but I was uh, proven wrong, at least at the quarterback position, where Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills coming in and beating the, or I'm sorry, losing to the Miami Dolphins 17 to 21, but Josh Allen 30 points in fantasy, had himself a huge day, and yet again, a lot of it coming on his legs, Uh, he's very good at running the ball, Uh, adds a total here of 135 yards on the ground with 231 in the air, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Dude has just been balling out at the quarterback position, much like Mitch Trubisky getting a lot of points on the ground. Obviously, I don't think Mitch has run for 135 uh, like Josh Allen did in this game, but getting those kinds of numbers from a quarterback is just awesome. Right there, 135 yards, that's 13 points. That'd be like another regular quarterback throwing a little or three touchdowns with a bunch of yards or four touchdowns with not a lot of yards. Regardless, it's just ridiculous to see uh, him put up that many yards just rushing the ball for the running backs here so Shady McCoy gets you 52 yards on the ground with 15 or on 15 carries uh get you eight points in fantasy uh with adding a little bit more here in the receiving game uh where did it go 12 yards on four catches sorry about that I my handwriting is god awful if you guys knew my day job, the way I have to scribble stuff all the time, my handwriting has gotten really bad over the years. Uh, but again, not not anything really great here. Uh, I talked about it, uh, I believe, on Friday's podcast. I wouldn't have started any of these guys. Now, obviously, if you started Josh Allen, you're happy as he's going to finish more than likely as the QB1 on the week. But none of these other guys, I think... Uh, were worthy of starting. Zay Jones, obviously, if you did start him, more than likely in a super deep league, uh, probably gets you the win as he puts up 22 points in this one. 67 yards on four catches and the two touchdowns. Other than him, though, nobody does anything of relevance. The next best wide receiver, Isaiah McKenzie, 6.6 points in fantasy with 46 yards on four catches. Again, Buffalo, at least for me, in my opinion, is kind of a, a fantasy wasteland at the moment. Although Josh Allen may be uh, making it bearable, making it worth it if he's able to continue rushing the ball as well as he has. Ryan Tannehill from the Miami Dolphins, just 16 points in fantasy this week. Um, again, still coming back a little bit from the injury, just a second week back as a starter. 137 yards in the air with three touchdowns and one interception. Uh, you know, not a great day, but 16 points in fantasy. You'll take it. This point finishes as a as a quarterback two this week with as bad as a lot of the quarterbacks have been. For the running backs, my God, Kenyon Drake. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Adam Gase heard me talking about how stupid he is at times not using Kenyon Drake enough. Uh, he gets seven carries in this one for 31 yards, but also two catches for 13 yards in the touchdown. Gets you 11.4 points in fantasy. Frank Gore, though he does get more carries in this one, eight carries just to 21 yards and then 10 yards on one catch to get you just three points in fantasy. At wide receiver, Devontae Parker is alive. He is back. And all of his truthers are going to be super excited to know that he put up 12 points in fantasy, 43 yards, and a touchdown on just four catches. And while it was a great day for him, I still don't trust him. I'm going to steer clear of him uh, as much as possible because uh, I just uh, haven't seen it enough. I think this is probably like his second great game. Uh, he's probably had more than that. But uh, Devontae Parker, I just can't trust him. Don't trust him. Uh, but good for him. Good for him to find the end zone. Kenny Stills finds the end zone as well in this one. 11 points in fantasy with 37 yards on four catches and a touchdown as well. The next game on the docket here is the Denver Broncos beating the Cincinnati Bengals 24-10. to um, Kind of expected this one, I would say. Uh, 
definitely uh, what my guy did, and I, I just love talking about him. We'll get to him in just a minute. Casey Keenum, 10 points in fantasy, just 151 yards in the air with one touchdown, but he really didn't need to do much in this one because, well, my guy, my man crush, my dude, Philip Lindsay, 28 points in fantasy in this one, 157 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, 19 carries, adds just two yards in the air. Dude is an all-out stud. I cannot talk about how much more I love this guy. Um, and really interested to see where he starts going in some ADPs when the offseason hits uh, and where he goes in some redraft and dynasty startups and everything next year. Uh, I think he's worthy of probably a second or third round pick. I know a lot of people won't take him that early. Maybe they will uh, with him only doing it for one year. But I just love this kid. Love the way he fights. Uh, I'm really hoping I get a chance to, to steal an autograph or something from this guy when I go up to Denver here in a couple weeks to see the Browns play uh, there in Denver because he he is by far one of my favorite players mostly because it's the one prospect so far that I was just dead right on that nobody else was talking about um, you know I'm, I'm sure if my had the following that Matthew Barry or, you know, whomever has a lot of people would, would have noticed my takes on that. Again, you guys can go look at it. I can't change it now. Uh, they're out there. They've been out there this whole time. But again, just love Philip Lindsay. Uh, just a complete baller. Uh, good for him, too, for being an undrafted free agent to come in with the mentality he has uh, and just been running the ball the way he has. As a matter of fact, I was just looking this up earlier. I really think Philip Lindsay should be Rookie of the Year. Uh, he is only 17 rushing yards behind Saquon Barkley, and he's done it on 41 fewer carries. Uh, you know, he's averaging 8.3 yards a carry yesterday in the game, uh, and everybody wants to talk about, well, he had the one big run. I think it was like 65 yards. Okay, but then he still averaged 5.1 yards a carry. Like, he has been ridiculously good. Now, he's right there with Saquon with eight touchdowns uh, apiece so far on the year, eight rushing touchdowns. You know, Saquon definitely is out, is just destroying him in the receiving yards. Uh, but a lot of that being the fact that uh, Saquon's been targeted 91 times. Philip Lindsay's been targeted 32 times. So he's been targeted 60 less times. Does only have about, I think it was like 190. Maybe it's a little less than that. Uh, and the receiving yards, Barkley has over 600. Uh, but Lindsay's averaging 6.3 yards per touch right now with Saquon averaging 5.8. Uh, Lindsay, just again, to be an undrafted free agent and be this good is just outstanding. I, I mean, as much as I'd love to take credit for talking about how good I thought Lindsay could be, I honestly didn't think he'd be this good. I compared him to being like a better, uh, more explosive Darren Sproles. And while he's done that, I think he's outproduced even that. So it's crazy what this guy's been doing. And uh, he's definitely a great role model for anyone out there who's been told they can't do anything. They're too small. Uh, they're not big enough. They, they're not fast enough. Any of that stuff. Just watch this kid play. Watch the, the heart that he plays with. Uh, everything. I just, I love him. He, he is by far one of my favorite players in the game. Other than him, though, none of the other running backs did anything here. I actually thought Royce Freeman might be able to come through for yet a little bit considering how bad Cincinnati's defense is. Gets just 48 yards on 12 carries, getting you 3.8 points in fantasy. We called it on Friday. Cortland Sutton was going to have himself a game, and man, did he. 16.5 points in fantasy this week. 85 yards, four catches, and a touchdown. You're welcome. Because I love Cortland Sutton. It just matched up well. I actually think Cortland Sutton is going to continue to produce this year now with Jeff Hireman being out. Uh, Hireman may have been the key all along, uh, which is surprising. A lot of people expecting him to, to kind of blow up once uh, Thomas left. Uh, but I still, uh, and myself included, I can't say that I didn't think that. Uh, but noticing how much Case Keenum was going to Jeff Hireman, we talked about it on Friday podcast I really thought this was his chance to break out and I think that is part of the reason why Hireman's now gone uh as good as Matt LaCrosse LaCrosse may be here the new the backup tight end uh he's not Cortland Sutton and he's really not Jeff Hireman either uh Emmanuel Sanders uh disappointed here in this one just 19 yards on four catches getting you 3.9 points in fantasy 
for the Cincinnati Bengals. So we obviously know Andy Dalton out for the year, Jeff Driscoll in. Uh, talked about how Jeff Driscoll, not necessarily the most accomplished thrower of the ball, does like to run. Uh, didn't do a lot of running, though, in this one, and did do a lot of throwing, uh, which was a little bit surprising to me. 236 in the air with one touchdown, one interception. Get you 12 points in fantasy. Only gets three yards rushing. Uh, but that may be a good thing as well for him. Maybe he's sticking him back in the pocket a little bit more. I want to be honest. Haven't had a chance to watch the Game Pass stuff on this one yet. I did see a little bit of Philip Lindsay's runs in all honesty because I love the dude and I was watching them uh, and I saw him on the Red Zone as well. Uh, but I'll watch the Game Pass on this later tonight to see if there's anything else I missed to talk about later this week. Uh, I did see the, the AJ Green injury as well. He came out. He's likely going to be shut down for the year. Uh, non-contact injury. Just kind of took a couple steps and went down again. Same toe, same foot. Uh, they haven't said if he's going to require surgery or anything, but I would think at the point that Cincinnati is at at this point now, again, five five and seven, they're pretty much out of it. I, I mean, I guess they could go and run the table, but with Jeff Driscoll and the way this defense has been playing, I don't see it happening. I, I have a pretty... I mean, I, don't, I would say a pretty good feeling because I, I don't really know anybody in Cincinnati's organization or A.J. Green and his people or anything like that, but I would imagine they're going to just shut him down for the rest of the year. For the running backs, uh, Joe Mixon has himself a, a, a decent day for you in fantasy. Obviously not quite what you were hoping for, but uh, does, at least in my opinion, a good job here uh, with as good as Denver's defense has been against the run as of late. Get you 10 points. In fantasy, 82 yards on 12 carries uh, adds just a little bit in the receiving game. Uh, but, of course, with Giovanni Bernard being back, he's been limited there a little bit. Two catches and 13 yards. Giovanni Bernard, 14 yards and uh, on five carries, but does add 32 yards on six catches to get you seven points in fantasy. Uh, and I'd imagine he's going to get a little bit more of an uptick going forward, although... Jeff Driscoll being back there worries me just a little bit. Again, that's something I'm looking forward to watching on the Game Pass here later today to see uh, if it's something uh, Jeff Driscoll was kind of looking for him out of the backfield. For the wide receivers, Tyler Boyd uh, has a nice game for you here. 12 points in fantasy, 97 yards on six catches. Again, it will be the number one now going forward. Might hurt him a little bit. Uh, I just don't think he's got quite that wide receiver one pedigree, but I think he is an awesome wide receiver two. Uh, so we'll see if he's going to be able to step up into A.J. Green Green's shoes here the rest of the way. Uh, the only other wide receiver to really do anything uh, for you was Cody Core. 30 yards, one catch, one touchdown. Obviously, all the one big play for nine points in fantasy. Can't imagine anybody was starting him. But if you did, congratulations. The last game for today that we will break down will be between the Los Angeles Rams, who beat the Detroit Lions 32-16. For the Los Angeles Rams, we... Again, add another quarterback to the list that underperformed this week in Jared Goff. Getting you just, just 11 points in fantasy. Uh, you know, a little bit better than some of the other guys we saw. Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. But but not a great day altogether for him. Uh, just 207 in the air. One touchdown, one interception. Obviously, Todd Curley. Uh Comes back off a of bye and, uh, well, continues to remind us why he is the best running back in football. 132 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, adds 33 yards in the receiving game. Again, the best, at least right now, as a running back in fantasy, gets you 30 points. 30. 30 fucking points. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, everybody who had the 1-1 in their fantasy leagues right now, or at least redraft leagues, are rejoicing at the fact that they took Todd Gurley. And if you didn't take Todd Gurley, you're probably pretty pissed off right now seeing exactly what it is he has done. It's been ridiculous. For the wide receivers, my guy, Bobbert Woods, comes through for you in fantasy. 16.3 points we talked about. I had him up there as like my top five wide receiver this week. 
does just comes through for you. Awesome. 67 yards and a touchdown on five catches. Adds 11 yards on the ground as well. Uh, just a great day for him. And, of course, as we talked about as well on Friday's podcast, Brandon Cook struggles here, drawing the assignment of Darius Slay most of the game. Just 62 yards on four catches. A uh, little disappointing here. Uh, Josh Reynolds, just 2.9 points, 19 yards on two catches. I uh, thought he'd have a better game here. Uh, some of that, though, uh, he did have a chance to actually catch two touchdowns. Uh, just kind of missed both of them. Uh, so, obviously, had he caught either one of those, his day would have uh, definitely come through for you in fantasy. So, better days to come, I'm sure, for him. For the Lions, Matt Stafford. Getting you just 13 points in fantasy in this one. 245, one touchdown, one interception. Again, uh, he's really kind of fallen off the face of the earth this year. Really surprising to me as a guy who, who's been a top 12 quarterback uh, pretty much his entire career. For the running backs, nobody really does anything for you here either. Although all uh, both Theo Riddick and Legarrette Blunt kind of grouped together here. Theo Riddick seven point three points in fantasy with thirty two yards on the ground uh, adds just a little bit in receiving three catches for twenty six yards. Then you've got Legarrette Blunt sixty one yards on the ground with sixteen carries. Uh, Riddick getting you 7.3 points in fantasy, and Blunt getting you just 6.1. And, of course, the wide receivers all do absolutely nothing here yet again. Uh, just another disappointing day. Kenny Galladay leads him, at least in receiving yards, 50 yards on three receptions to get you 6.5 points in fantasy. Bruce Ellington here. Uh, gets you 35 yards on seven catches to get you seven points. And then TJ Jones, three points in fantasy to get you one catch for 25 yards. Of course, the lineman Taylor motherfucking Decker gets you the touchdown, which I'm sure everybody was hoping would go to, I would assume, Kenny Galladay, although I know some people did play Bruce Ellington as well, hoping that he would come through for you. Uh, and, and yeah, just neither one of them did because they decided to throw the touchdown pass to Taylor fucking Decker. Anyways, that is going to do it for the recaps today. Now, let's talk some Monday night football. We eating all day, bro. <laughs> got the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles going tonight on Monday night. Football should be a uh, very good game NFL-wise. Hopefully, it'll be a good game fantasy-wise. So the Eagles being given the 67% chance to win this game, being at home, and they are 5.5 favorites for the Redskins. We know we got Alex Smith out. Colt McCoy will be running the show here uh, for them. And he has looked decent, I feel, the past couple games. I think he knows how to run this offense. We've talked about it before. Uh, if you're expecting him uh, to have a, a decent day here, uh, I would I would agree with you on that. I think he's a viable QB, too, especially with as bad as the rest of the quarterbacks have looked this week. Uh, and two QB leagues, I think he's uh, someone you can play. Don't expect Adrian Peterson to have a big game here. Uh, Philly, while they haven't been horrible against the run, uh, I just don't trust Adrian Peterson here. I really actually don't trust most of Washington in this game. So, but just to stick with Adrian Peterson for a moment here, uh, Philly has been right around the top 10 against the rush all year long, uh, and I just don't expect Adrian Peterson to really be able to put up a lot of yards. Uh, I do expect him to get some dump-off passes and everything, uh, but likely you're looking at probably 9 to 10 points from him tonight. 
for the wide receivers. I think it's going to be more of a Jordan Reed game at tight end than anybody else. Uh, I actually kind of like Josh Doxson as well. Uh, Josh Doxson, I think, does a very good job working in the short and intermediate area where Colt McCoy likes to go. Colt McCoy is not going to gun it down the field. Uh, and really, uh, Paul Richardson's not there anymore, who I think would have been uh, the best play for that part of it, obviously, even though Colt McCoy doesn't do it. Uh, but the Philadelphia Eagles, as banged up as they are at cornerback right now, are ranked close to 30 against the pass right now. Uh, so I do expect the the Redskins to kind of come out here slinging the ball as much as possible. Again, that's why I really like uh, Jordan Reed. Um, and Josh Doxson. Um, just don't really think anybody else here. Uh, I like Trey Quinn, uh, but he is dealing with the ankle injury, so I'd be hesitant to play him tonight unless you're truly desperate or in a really deep league for the Philadelphia the Philadelphia Eagles. The, the Philadelphia Eagles. So. Carson Wentz, I expect to have somewhat of a bounce-back game here. I do expect him to finish in about the top eight-ish of quarterbacks this week. Again, fairly easy call to make at this point with as bad as some of the quarterbacks have been. Um, but Washington has struggled against the pass. They are much, their defense lines up very similarly to what the Eagles have done. They are top eight against the run uh, and low 20s against the pass technically right now. So, love Carson Wentz this week. Uh, I think he's got obviously a really good chance uh, to put up some points here. For the wide receivers, I'm going back to the tight end position again here. Zach Ertz, I expect to have a huge game. Kind of like Alshon Jeffrey in this one as well. Uh, not a big fan of Nelson Aguilar or Golden Tate. Uh, love Golden Tate as a player. Uh, I just wish that they would be able to find out a way to use him more. They keep talking about how they just can't seem to get him integrated into the his offense. Hopefully they're able to figure that out sooner rather than later because I think Golden Tate is a playmaker. For the running backs, again, Washington, very good against the run. Josh Adams uh, popped up late Friday on the injury list due, dealing with a hip injury. Worries me a little bit when you pop up that late on an injury list. Uh, usually means it's something that just came up, which is not good. Uh, for fantasy, uh, something to watch tonight. I do expect him to play. We're supposed to see Darren Sproles back tonight as well. You're going to likely have Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood mixing in as well, which is just frustrating as all fucking hell to deal with, uh, which is why I would not play Josh Adams unless you're truly, truly desperate tonight. I have him going in the league, and I'm not expecting him to get you more than six or seven points just based on the fact that he's dealing with the hip issue, and you're going to likely see a lot of Clement and Smallwood and again Darren Sproles is expected to return tonight I don't know what his role is going to be uh, but if he's out there it's likely going to be in the third down role which already takes Adams off now for the third down role and then you're talking about trying to get Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood some touches as well this could be just a huge clusterfuck at the running back position uh, so definitely like I said do not use Josh Adams unless you are just desperate and hoping that he scores you a touchdown to get you some points as for me, I am taking the Philadelphia Eagles to win the game tonight uh, and keep it somewhat in pace with the Dallas Cowboys in this NFC East battle. That is going to do it for today, guys. Again, uh, this is it. Week 13 is coming to an end tonight. Uh, Starting tomorrow, if you've got players helping you decide whether you're in or out tonight, you will know. Hopefully, you guys are getting in. As obviously, it's one of the best times of the year being in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, and I cannot wait to talk more about that tomorrow. I'll be back with a podcast tomorrow to finish breaking down the rest of the Sunday slate and recap Monday Night Football as well. Uh, and then might go over some of the biggest surprises uh, and best scores at every position. We'll see. We'll see what we've got time for tomorrow. I uh, don't want to promise anything, but I uh, definitely get excited to talk some playoff football here in the next coming days. Enjoy the game tonight, guys. Hopefully, if you've got anybody riding on tonight's game, they get you what you need to win your games, and I will talk to you guys again tomorrow as we start talking playoff fantasy football. Peace. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. Who can make a break? I can!
Make a play. I can't.